Harvest and seed time. Based on Genesis 2.15. It says, And the Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. In the, in the Amplified Version, it speaks about cultivating. And when I look up the word cultivate, it actually means to... It means to, I'm looking at the, uh, I believe that this is, I'm trying to see where I got this definition from. Well, I Googled it. Anyway, um, when you look at the word cultivate, I'm looking at the online dictionary. And I think I'm in, I'm in Bing. And it says, um, it is to prepare and use land for crops or gardening, to break up soil in preparation for sowing or planting, to raise or grow plants, especially on a large scale for commercial purposes. And then it gives like synonyms to till, to plow, uh, to work, um, to grow. But because God put Adam in the garden, and told him to cultivate it. Well, he actually told him to dress it and keep it. And so in order to dress something and to keep it, you, in order to dress it, you got to take the harvest first. Remember in the earlier parts of, uh, of the, of that chapter, and I'll read it for you. I mean, uh, Genesis chapter two and Genesis chapter two in the earlier portions, check this out. You're going to be, you're going to freak out at this. Uh, Genesis uh, verse one, it says, thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all of the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. Okay. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that God made the earth and the heavens. Now, first of all, check that out. He called it generations of the heavens. And <laughs> this is this is the generations right here. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth and every herb of the field before it grew and the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth and there was not a man to till the ground but there went up a mist from the earth and the and watered the whole face of the ground and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul and the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the river went through, went over of Eden and a river went out of Eden to water the garden and from thence it was parted and became into four heads and the the name of the first is pison that is 
it that is it which compasseth the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. There is bedellium and onyx stone. And the name of the second river is Gihon. The name, uh, the same is it that compasseth the whole land of Ethiopia. And the la- and the name of the third river is Hidekel. That is it which goeth toward the east of Assyria. And the fourth river is Euphrates. And so that's up to verse 14. So check this out. God, God made all this. He made the heavens first and then he made the earth and he put all the trees and the plants and everything in it. And he told it to grow on its own. He even gave it water and the water sprang up from the water in the earth. It wasn't like a water hose that he had planted and put holes in it and it sprinkled over. He had his own water hose. It came straight from the, the river. Whoosh came up and didn't rain down. It came up and then he provided gold trees that produce gold. He didn't, you didn't have to go dig for the gold. These tre- the trees produce gold on its leaves. Its fruit was gold. You feel me? It's fruit. Jesus produced trees that produce gold. We use gold to back paper money. God made provisions for us and he put food in the garden that Adam could eat. So he had a, he had a place to sleep. He had food to eat. He had water to drink and he had currency if he wanted it. If he wanted to use currency, he had it. He could make jewelry. He could do whatever he wanted to do. Why would you need currency and you're the only one there? He wasn't the only one. That's a whole nother story. But what I'm so impressed, what I'm so impressed with, with God is that he said, look, I'm going to give you a harvest. Harvest this stuff. Take what I'm giving you. Hold back a little. And that's a tenth. Hold back a little and replant it into this good soil that I've given you. This good ground. Replant it. And you don't have to do anything but cover it up. So when Adam was born, when Adam was created, he didn't have to go find good soil. He didn't have to go wonder where he's going to get some water from. He didn't have to go wonder if he got a plow big enough to plow this. If he got this for that or this for that. He didn't have to do that. All he had to do was harvest it. And not only did he have the time and whatnot, he had the tools to harvest the food. He had the time, the tools, and the energy to harvest the food. He did. And what what was too much for him to eat, the animals would eat. He, he had an income. God provided him with an income and provided him with more than enough with money growing on trees, gold growing on trees. And he told him, all you got to do is hold back a little. That would be that 10th, hold back a 10th and then sow it back into the ground 
And all you got to do is cover up the seed with a little bit of dirt and I will do the rest. So God is saying is give unto me a little bit so that I may continue to provide for you. Don't eat your harvest and your seed only eat your harvest. Only use your harvest. And basically told Adam, you will always have plenty. Look what I've done for you here. I've made you in my image. I provided you with a place, water, food, sleeping quarters, evidently servants, because that was a lot of land, animals, vegetables, meat if you wanted it, gold on trees. I provided for you. There were angels all around Adam. The power of God was with Adam. Adam had angels. He was not alone. He was not alone. Adam had angels. He had help. He had help. You're like, well, how do you know Adam had angels? We all have angels. Every one of us has at least one. Some of us have two and three, but every person, when you, before you are born, you are assigned one angel, at least one. Same thing for Adam. God blessed him abundantly. God blessed him abundantly. He was full and abundantly full to the overflowing. He had so much that he couldn't even consume all of it. Not he couldn't even break himself. And the reason why he couldn't break himself is because he could not break God. And God even showed him, give me that tenth, give me that small portion, and you can keep the rest, and I will keep you in the luxury of abundant pleasures and goodness and blessings forever. And when Adam messed that abundance up, that's why it was so significant. When uh, God says, oh, oh, this is your punishment. Now you going to sweat tilling and cultivating this ground. Let me get that scripture for you. Okay, so Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve sinned by, uh, they got deceived by the um, devil who came in the form of a serpent. And um, again, this is one of the animals that was in the garden. And so they took the bait and took the lie and basically went against what God had told them. Right. And so, um, in verse seven in chapter three of Genesis, it says, and the eyes of them both were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Now they have shame. Whereas before they did not. And then, um, the, they, in verse eight, God is basically calling out for Adam. You know how you call for your kids? Adam, Adam, where are you? Where, and in verse nine, is, God is saying, where art thou? And he's not saying like in proximity, he's like saying, who are you believing? Cause he felt something leave him. He, he, he felt he felt a disconnect. God felt a disconnect from Adam. So he's like, who are you believing? So whenever God says, where art thou? He's like, who are you believing? Who are you believing? What have you done? Now God knew what he did, 
But he's basically saying, do you know that you just broke the cord of the blessing? Do you know you just turned from me? Do you understand the significance of that? And so Adam, instead of just, instead of going ahead and repenting of his sin, he starts blaming God. You know, it's the woman that you gave me and he's blaming God It's the woman you gave me. She calls me to sin, but Adam was the head. And so this is a, this here is like the first indicator letting us know that we need a savior because when things go wrong and things go wrong, we look for someone to blame. And the first one that we blame always is God. I don't care if there's someone else in the room. The first thought that comes into, into our mind is God, why did you let me do that? God, why didn't you say something? Even if you don't even voice it audibly from your mouth, you think it in, in your mind and in your heart, God, why didn't you help me? God, why didn't you tell me something? God, why didn't you give me a hint? God, you should have helped God. You should have should have, should have, should have, should have, should have, should have. And we keep blaming God. And that's the same thing that Adam did. He's like, I was naked. He's like, who? And God's like, who told you you were naked? Oh, it was the woman you gave me. He's blaming God instead of repenting because he didn't know how to repent. Had no clue about it, but he did know that he did not follow God and he should have owned it. But instead of owning it, he started blaming, which is the same thing that Lucifer did. Lucifer, um, Satan, Lucifer became Satan and got in the body of this snake. Lucifer told the woman, Satan told the woman, uh, and he, he told her that God doesn't want you to know what he knows. So he started blaming God for her not knowing good and not knowing evil. So he's blaming God for her not knowing evil saying, well, it's God's fault that you don't know the ugliness of sin. You, you only know good stuff and you missing out on sin. Sin is so bad. You know, how people say it's so sin is so bad, but it feels so good. It don't feel good at all. It don't feel good at all. If, if you've ever talked to anybody that has witnessed hell, they will tell you the straight up truth. Hell is not fun. It has no pleasure. It is a punishment. It does not feel good at all. It does not feel good. It does not taste good. It does not smell good. It is not good for you. But yet people will say, oh, you know, sin, it feels so good. I know it's wrong. Sinfully good. No, no. That's an oxymoron. No, that, no, that, that's not for you. And so the, the serpent started blaming God saying, well, God is holding something back from you. God is holding something back from you. You know, I would tell you what it is, but I can show you better than I can tell you. Y'all heard that before, right? I can show you better than I can tell you. How many dudes have used that line on some female girl? I can rock your world girl. I can get, I can do this girl. I can do that. Women. How many of y'all did that? You know? And sometimes we do it in just normal examples. Some people's like, well, I, I learn better by doing than I do by hearing. No, actually you don't. You don't learn better by doing than hearing. That's a part of the curse. 
you learned by spoken word. God spoke to Adam. He didn't say, okay, Adam, I want you, this is how you till the ground. This is how you cultivate. This is how you name the animals. No, God spoke to Adam and said, name every one of those animals in the garden. Go and cultivate, go and dress the ground and keep it. Dress that harvest and keep it. Meaning cultivate, harvest that, harvest that food in this, in the ground. And you, and before you eat some, put some, put some seed aside so you can put back into the ground and then you go ahead and keep all the rest. So you sow 10% and, and keep 90%. You see what I'm saying? And so, um, God, the devil blamed God. And then the very thing that he did to Eve and to Adam, Adam now began to do it to God saying it's your fault. He began accusing and blaming God the way he had, the way the enemy Satan had accused God to Eve and to Adam. And so basically he flipped the script on them and then Adam flipped the script on God. And it's kind of like, you know, how when your, your kid goes, um, yeah, uh, well, I told them what you said, but they didn't listen to you. And, uh, well, I ain't want to watch them anyway. It ain't my fault. They got hurt. You made me watch them. I ain't want to babysit. You made me do it. And you're like, what? <laughs> and you're like, hold on. I'm going to work. You old enough to babysit. If I don't work, you ain't got no place to stay. Where are you going to stay? If I don't get the money for the rent, where are you going to stay? You, you see what I'm saying? And your kids will throw that back on you all the time. Or here's my favorite. A man that says he is babysitting his own kids. It, pardon me. You doing what? You, you babysitting your own kids? No, you're not. That's called parenting. It's called parenting. And so <laughs> you'll find some men that'll tell their wives, I don't want to babysit. And she look at him like he crazy. What do you mean babysit? There's nobody else's kids here. These are our kids. I don't want to babysit. Go and call your mama. Uh, they're your kids. They're your kids. And so <laughs> we'll, sometimes we'll find ourselves blaming people for the things that we do or blaming God for the things that we do. And for a man to say that is like saying, well, I ain't want to have these kids anyway. That's your fault. You wanted babies. I ain't want no babies. You wanted babies. That's your fault. No, it takes two to make a baby. You need an egg and a sperm. You, you'll never get it any other way. I don't care if you even put it in a test tube. You'll never get it any other way. All right. And so anyway, so, the, uh, Adam starts blaming God, right? And he's like, it's your fault. It's your fault. God is your fault. It's the woman that you gave me. And that's in verse 12. And the man said, uh, and this is chapter three, the woman, the woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. Meaning, you know what? She was so fine. I just, 
I just had to do it. You know what I'm saying? Man. Oh, I hear guys say that all the time. Look, you know what? I know it was wrong, but she said, if I do this thing, then, you know, she'll hook me up. You find guys getting themselves into trouble for six minutes of nookie, but then they got to do 10 years of time. Are you crazy? Uh-uh. The outcome does not outweigh the circumstance. I mean, you, I mean, the, the, what I'm trying to say is, I said that backwards. What I'm trying to say is a moment of pleasure is not enough to give away your whole life is what I'm saying. Don't take a moment of pleasure to sacrifice your whole life, which is the same thing that Esau did. He sa- he gave away his entire blessing for a bowl of food. And even though he was doing it in jest, every word that you speak out of your mouth will come to pass. Esau did not understand the heaviness of his words, just like Adam did not understand the heaviness of his words, of his actions. He said it first and then he did it. Now had, had Esau said, man, forget that. You're going to give me some of this food. He'd have got the food anyway. Cause his brother's like, well, give me your blessing. You know, give me your rights. And then Adam is saying, um, Adam is saying, well, God, it's your fault. It's your fault that I'm in this predicament. So since it's your fault, then I think, uh, you should take the blame and you should get me up out of this. That's essentially what he's saying. Cause anytime we get into trouble, right? When you remember you were little, you got into trouble, something big that you knew you could not handle. what you do? Call your mama, call your daddy. If you had one. Call your mama, call your daddy. If you knew where they were, you call him. Uh, um, well, see what had happened was I was in class and you know, X, Y, Z, or, uh, see what happened was I was making a right turn, but it was a red light, but you know, I thought it was clear and I was good to turn. Then all of a sudden, bam, or see what had happened was. I didn't know that gun was loaded. I just pointed it down at the ground. I ain't know. See what had happened was her clothes just came off. I ain't know that mama. I didn't even realize that I was in your room. Her clothes just came off. You, I, and then all of a sudden my clothes was off and uh, daddy, Ah, ah, you, you calling on them for stuff you can't get out of. Cause you trying to figure out, uh, what you going to do about this girl that's pregnant? What you going to do about being a pregnant girl? What you going to do about this car? What you going to do about this situation? What you going to do that you spend all your college, your first semester tuition spending money. You spend it all on a little outfit that costs like $3,000. You spend all of it. Now, $3,000 extra spending cash is a lot. <laughs> Not everybody gets that, but you get what I'm saying, whether it's $3,000 or $300. You supposed to make that last for that semester, and you wouldn't blew it on some little outfit to impress some little boy that didn't even notice you. 
didn't pay you no attention. And so you calling mommy, you calling daddy, uh, I need help. And that's the same thing that Adam was doing, but he did it rudely, which oftentimes we often do. Um, mama, uh, daddy, I don't think you really should have gave me all that at once. Cause you know what I'm saying? Or some of it's, well, it's your fault. You know, you, I like, I'm so used to being blessed. You ever heard of the rich person syndrome? They so blessed that they don't know that they shouldn't do wrong stuff. Come on now. They ain't never been disciplined. Spare the rod, spoil the child. A lot of people think that you got to beat your kids to discipline them. No, you just have to tell them in. Oh, no. Which is the very thing that God told Adam. No, no, you will not accuse me. You will repent. And God began to punish him by taking the blessings from him. Cause he's like, you will not multiply this sin that is on the inside of you. Because remember whatever Adam would say would multiply and produce after itself and grow and flourish. Right? So you can't have the anointing of God along with the anointing of sin and mix those two together. You, you can't do that because you were pro you were, you appropriate sin. You will grow sin is what you'll end up doing. And you're like, well, so the, both the two will grow side by side, but one will strangle the other and God will strengthen you. Eventually you gonna go nuts. So God, whenever you, you, you are with God and you, you, you stop and you step away and go to sin. God's like, hold up. I don't share nothing. I, I, I don't share. I don't share Godhead. You need to make a decision. That's why he tells you, you got to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, which means you got to be discerned enough and love me enough to fear me enough to know that I will not share you. I died on a cross for you. My son, Jesus died on a cross for you so that you could be forgiven of your sins and have everlasting life with me, not with me and Satan. He's like, that's the one that caused the problems. And you going to try and worship me and swing out and hang out with him. God's like, this ain't no swinging party. We ain't doing two. You need to decide right now what you going to do right now. Cause whatever you say you going to do, I'm going to let you do it. I'm going to let you do it and check this out. When it comes, when the time comes and I gather all my children, I'm leaving you with your father. Because if you don't choose me, you don't choose me. You will not enter into rest. I will not come and rescue you. You won't even remember my name because you did not choose me and you did not remember my name. You were ashamed of me. So if you be ashamed of me before men, my heaven, I will be ashamed of you before my heavenly father. This is what Jesus says. And he for real, he for real. You're going to be ashamed of him. You want to have two? He's like, no, I don't do two gods. I do one, me, only me. He's like, many people come and they say they me. Many things will come and they say they me, but they ain't me. Because they'll tolerate both. I don't. And God ain't playing. And that's the way you should be in marriage because God considers man 
He considers the relationship with man and us women, but I said he considers his relationship with with uh, his creation, man and woman. He considers it a marriage, and in a marriage, you don't have side parties. You don't have extramarital affairs. In a marriage, you don't have two spouses. You don't. You do not. A second spouse is the same as a second Godhead, and he ain't having it. He ain't having it. He ain't having it. He ain't even letting you do it. How do I know? He did the same thing to me. Uh, Yo, what you doing? Hey, what what's up? And he saw me. I'm, I'm in the second heaven in this dream. I'm in the second heaven in a place that I shouldn't even be in. How did I know it was the second heaven? Because of the atmosphere of the hell anointing that was in that place. I was over in the green grass. This grass first was this huge field. And all of a sudden it started to get smaller and the grass started to die. And I'm sitting in this plot and the fence was, the fence was only three feet high. It was like maybe two to three feet high. Don't you know, I could have stepped over the fence. I couldn't, I did not even have the power or the strength to step over the fence. I laid my body across the fence, trying to pull myself over. And the weight of sin was pulling me backwards. The weight of sin was pulling me backwards, keeping me enclosed in this little dying grass that was surrounded by this fence. And God's voice comes in and says, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm trying to get over the fence. And I was because this place looked like an airport. People going to and from. I'm like, what is that? I'm like looking around. I'm trying to see. And I'm like, I'm trying to get over the fence. And I knew that it was between heaven and hell, death and hell. And he pulls me over the fence. And he's like, you need to choose. Now I knew this second heaven wasn't even a place where I was supposed to be, but it was better than being in that grass. And he's like, this ain't for you. This ain't what I planned for you. This ain't, this ain't you. You need to choose. In that moment, I chose. Like, you, Jesus, look, I ain't going to front. I don't even know what none of this is. It don't even look right. I remember this from when I was little because God would show me dreams of things to come. I remember this from when I was little, and I remember this wasn't right. This ain't for me. I don't want this. Jesus, I want you. Wherever you at is where I'm going to go. And a little while later, he gave me a dream, and he says, I am right here. Come to me right here. And he put me on this road that led straight to his feet because I went to heaven. And when I went to heaven, in the garden, I was in the same garden that I used to play in as a kid. And so I'll go to heaven and all of a sudden the grass parted and the, and the road, Jesus, it, it appeared. And then Jesus appeared at the end of that road. At the end of your life is Jesus at the end of your life, which should be a life lived in Jesus 
is Jesus. The road that you lead is a life and that life is supposed to be Jesus, which means you're not walking on Jesus, but you're standing on the word of God, which is Jesus, meaning you're not trampling him, but he's leading you. The road, the word of God, when God says, stand on my word, he's saying, let me guide you. That's what he's saying when he's saying, stand on my word. Let me guide you. And he put the road up under my feet. He put the road up under his feet and he showed me and he says, come right here to me. So he put me back on the road that leads to him. He put the road under my feet and I am on my way to Jesus right now. The same thing that Adam was on his way to Well, Adam had everything. But he got off the road. He got off of faith. He The road is faith. He got off of faith and went to hell. He went to that green patch of dying grass. And God is like, okay, I see you need a savior. I see I have to have someone to repent for you. This was an intercession. God knew he needed an intercessor and he had it in the form of his son, Jesus, Adam and all of Adam's offspring, which would be us needed an intercessor that could not only stand the test of time and faith, but could stand up against the enemy and say, no, I will not believe your lies. I will believe the word of God. My heavenly father is the truth. And every man a liar. My father is the creator and the way maker. And nothing was made that was made without him. And even he made you, you devil. He made you. And he told you where to go. And he told you your outcome. My father is the truth. Hell was made for fallen angels because they tried to overthrow heaven. That's who it was made for. Lucifer, who was a second in command, one of the most beautiful things that God created, one of the most beautiful angels. He picked up pride. He thought he was more beautiful. He thought he was more glorious than the father. And because he thought he was more glorious, he thought that he should have the position of the father. He thought he should have the position of the creator, knowing that he himself could create nothing. We as, as beings and creations of God, we have the ability to reproduce what God does. Remember in John 14 and 12, Jesus says, greater things than I shall you do because I go home to my father. He's like, you can go ahead and do everything I've done. He healed the sick, healed the blind, you know, brought people from death to the, from, you know, brought people from death to life. He pulled gold out of the river and the sea, pulled, you know, pay taxes, you know, put fish, put money, gold in the mouth of a fish to pay taxes. So he brought money up out of the, out of the water. 
he provided food, he fed people. And so these things are not, these things are not things that we create, but these things, these things are creative miracles because they were done by God. We don't create anything. We reproduce is what we do. We reproduce. God creates. We reproduce. God creates. We can talk about creation and what God has done, but because he is, I am, and he is the creator and there is none before him because he was not created. All we can do is reproduce what he does and we can talk about his creation, but we can't create nothing. We can't even create a baby. We can reproduce a baby from the seed that God put in us. We are a harvest and we create, when we make babies, by putting together an egg and sperm, we can reproduce after ourselves, but we cannot create a human being. Because none of us can take dirt from the ground, breathe in its nostrils, and say, live. It'll never happen. Never happen. None of us can do that. Not even in the movies, because even in the movies, it just looks like dirt. And when you pierce it and they put skin on it, you pierce it, dirt comes out. But with God, when he formed man of the dirt of the earth and breathed into his nostrils, that dirt, that breath became blood. And that blood activated the dirt to become bones, ligaments, muscles, skin, and hair. Neutrons and protons. A very complex system, hearts and livers and eyes and ears, intestines. You have the ability to pee and poop. You have the ability to pee with thunder and poop with ease because God gave you a system and his breath runs all through you from the top to the bottom. And you return to God once your body says, I cannot hold this breath any longer. My vessel is too weak to hold this strong breath. That's when you die. That's when your body dies. When the body can no longer sustain the breath of God. When the body can no longer sustain the breath of God, you move on to the Lord. Either to be judged for righteousness or to be judged for sin. And no one knows their time or their place. No one knows when they're going to be born or when they're going to die. Only God knows that. Only God knows. So when Adam told God is your fault, Adam was saying, yo, daddy, daddy, I need you, but I don't know how to say I need help. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's John 3, 16 and 17. God knew we would need a savior. This is why Jesus volunteered before the foundation of the earth. You're like, Kathy, what is the, are you moving into another message? No, the same message. The Lord is the creator and the provider. 
He provided Adam with everything he would ever need and ever want. But Adam messed up and he turned from God. And then God said, well, okay, I know you messed up and I know I got to punish you. As far as I can punish you is I can make you toil the ground and you won't reproduce the way you originally did with ease. Now it'll be much harder for you. And woman, it's going to be harder for you to give babies. You never even experienced the joy of having a pain-free birth. But so, well, that's going to be out for you until the Savior comes. When the Savior comes, I will restore the blessing that I had originally given you plus more, which is raising the dead. Remember, Adam got to do everything, everything. Adam got to do everything that God did he got to reproduce everything that God did, which was food, vegetation, housing, currency. He got all that. Talking to the angels, having discernment and anointing. He had all that. Two things he didn't have. Revelation. Because that, that takes strength. Revelation takes strength because he should have said no to the devil. He said no to his wife. And then... He didn't have, um, and he didn't have the ability to raise the dead because he never had the experience of raising the dead. Only Jesus, because now remember, remember in the Bible says that the dead will take care of itself. When he was talking to, when Jesus was talking to his disciples, they were talking, Oh, I need to go home. And he's like, the dead will take care of the dead. Adam had become dead. He was dead in spirit and dead in faith. To be stupid is to be unfaithful. Adam had become unfaithful when he turned from God. Knowing the goodness of God, he turned from God and obeyed a woman that obeyed a thing that was crawling on the ground, that was beneath them, lower than them. They turned from God. Adam was dead and he needed to be raised again. I firmly believe that's a symbolism of, uh, of, um, of, uh, a Lazarus being raised from the dead at the four days of stinking was another symbol of the first Adam that needed to be raised from the dead. Because this is something that Jesus did that Adam never got a chance to do because he never experienced it. He was it. He was it. And so along with all the blessings that God had given the first Adam, we also got the blessing from the second Adam, which was Jesus. Restoration of all the blessings of God, including life, which for us equals salvation. How do you raise the dead? Get them saved. That's how you raise the dead. First, they have to, they have to shake off that death angel, that death spirit. Because a person that is not saved will go to hell, and that is eternal death. To be without God is death. That is eternal death. Because at the end of all of it, you will burn in a lake of fire that no thing survives. It has no limit to the heat level. No limit. It just gets hotter and hotter and hotter. If you've ever felt even a tiny portion of the fervent hotness, the fervent heat of the Lord, then you understand that a full blast of his anointing is so strong that you will melt instantly. 
just burn up, turn to ashes. The lake of fire is no joke. It is absolutely real. And it is for every Jew and every Gentile. So I'm coming to you now to let you know all my Jewish brothers out there, my Jewish sisters out there, because y'all believe in Jehovah God. And I believe in Jehovah God, who is the father. But you got to hear this. He really did send his son, whose name is Jesus, who paid a price on the cross for you. He paid a cross on the, he paid the price on the cross for you, for our sin, for your sin and for our sin. We are all derived from Adam. He did it for you. He came for the Jews. But when you rejected him, he received the Gentiles. And so he give it, he gives the, the authority and the permission and the job to the Gentiles to come and tell you that Jesus loves you and he wants you in his kingdom. He loves you so much. He loves you and he wants you with him. I'm going to give you, I want to give you this invitation to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior for every Jew and every Gentile. Repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I confess my sins before you this day. I give up my past life with Satan and close every door to all Satan's devices. I confess Jesus as the Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me and for bringing me back to where I once was. From this day forward, Lord Jesus, I will be sensitive to how you feel. I won't hurt you. I will obey you. Lord Jesus, I ask you to present me to Jehovah in your name. Lord Jesus, I believe with my heart, I confess with my mouth that you rose from the dead, that I am saved and receive you today wholeheartedly, 100%. Make me a light in a dark place and from this day forward I will leave this place and share you with everyone I meet and everyone I know it's commitment Jesus I will get this world for you I pray this prayer to the father in the name of Jesus I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus with evidence of speaking in tongues for the edifying of the body of Christ Jesus by the will of Jehovah God and with discernment of tongues in the name of Jesus. Amen. Congratulations. Congratulations. You just got saved every Jew and every Gentile. Salvation is yours for the having. Congratulations. Hallelujah. Jesus loves you. And yes, you are saved.
How do you tell people about salvation? Let them listen to this message. Say, hey, check out LUTGradio.com. She has a message on there, and I want you to listen to it. Share the links with them. Share the links on your social media pages. You can share the LUTG radio link. You can share the podcast link. This will be up on iTunes. Um, this will also be up on Pocket Cast and Anchor and Stitcher. And so I'm going to put up on as many podcasts as I possibly can. Check the website out. It's also on Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N. And, and so um, I have it, I'll have it there. Check it out, share the links, and give God all the praise, the glory, and the honor. That's how you can share the gospel until you learn how to do it. But the best way to do it is just to tell people how you got saved. That is the easiest way. You don't have to memorize anything. Just say, hey, this is what happened to me, and this is how I got saved. Amen. Just tell people about what you're learning about Jesus. You can start out and begin reading the book of John chapter one, start there. Um, and, um, as, ask God to give you a church to go to so you can learn more about him. Um, you can, uh, go to lutgradio.com and under the salvation, find a church page is a bunch of churches at the bottom. You can just click on them and try, uh, ask God, you know, which one of these is for you. And, um, go from there. Remember you want a church that preaches from the Bible, the Holy Bible. Amen. Uh, sometimes it'll be, uh, the King James Bible, the amplified Bible, but you want someone that preaches the Holy Bible. Amen. And not just off the top of that dome. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Jesus loves you, beloved. And so do I. I'm so glad that I had an opportunity to be a blessing. Amen. This is Kathy Brox for LUTGradios.com, WKKP Digital Broadcasting. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for a successful show, podcast, uh, radio show. Um, Thank you, Lord, for the many souls saved. It it has been truly a blessing to be a blessing to to, um, the listeners. I really enjoyed being a blessing to you. I really have. Remember, Jesus created you and he loves you. And he'll never leave nor forsake you. Amen. God bless. And um, I'll see you later. This is Kathy Brocks. And this is the LUTG radio show. All right. All right. All right. We got a line up for you. I should say, well, you know, LUTG radio. I include the we and me. Jesus, the Holy Ghost, and of course, Jehovah the Father. You know, we got to include the Trinity. Oh, my goodness. This is LUTG Radio. Let us thank God. That's what it stands for. So anyway, so we got our lineup, and it goes a little bit like this. I think you may know it. It is the area. Well, it's the opening prayer, of course, which I'm about to give you. And then we got the Arianic prayer. We got, um, well, our morning scriptures, we got to have that. And then there's the prayer confession. Yup. And we got a, a worship prayer. We're going to give a nod to Kevin L. Zadai for sure because that man loves some Jesus. So we just want to say thank you. Amen, amen. Going to talk a little bit about what we're doing uh, with some of the uh, hospitals and whatnot. 
We got, um, did I say prayer confession? We got that prayer confession. Okay, okay. And then we got some more prayer and whatnot, you know. And then we got the fire me up. And, of course, mind of the streets. Oh, my goodness. Am I not dignified enough for y'all? Oh, well, you know, I can't even apologize for that because Jesus is more than enough. The blood of Jesus is more than enough. And the greatest dignity and the greatest honor I can give you is to honor God. And he says, come as you are. Hey, so let us take it down for one moment so we can open up in prayer. Now, get back to what we're doing. All right. All right. So I just thank you, Father. Thank you, Yudhe for all you have done for this world. Thank you for the ultimate sacrifice, for the ultimate sacrifice of your beloved son. Thank you, Jesus, for loving the Father so much. You volunteer your body to be slain for the whole world. Thank you, Lord God. Your unselfish act restored man back to the heart of Jehovah God. You then gave us a comforter in the form of your Holy Spirit who leads us and guides us into all righteousness and the way to go. That's in John 16. And to obey you, Lord God, in spirit and in truth, in word and in deed. Thank you so much for loving all of us unconditionally. You know, Lord God, we love you. I love you. We love you, Jesus. We want to be in your presence, oh, Father. We can't come alone, Lord God. We got to come together. Hallelujah, Father. What would it be to get saved and not tell somebody about your glory and about your love, about your peace and your sacrifice and all that you've done for us, oh, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. I can't keep it to myself. I got to tell somebody about you. I got to tell them about your love. I got to tell them about your honor and your glory and how they can get to you, how they can be forgiven of all their sins. Oh, Lord God, revival, restoration to be loved by the Lord God Almighty. Oh, thank you, Heavenly Father. Lord God, you gave us eyes and ears and breath. Our blood is your very, your very breath flowing through our veins. Lord God, we are alive because you chose us. Gracias, Señor. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for choosing this world. Help us, O oh God. To be a blessing as Jesus was a blessing. And he said to do greater than he did. Thank you, Lord God, for telling us that, that we can do greater. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We operate in boldness that you have infused in us. In the spirit of John 14 and 12. Doing what you did Jesus and greater. I thank you father. 
Thank you, Father, for your sacrifice of your ultimate son. Your one and only. Thank you, Lord God. Tell us, oh Lord God, today what we need, Father, because you know we love you, Father God. And we want to honor you with our very breath, our life, our life, our soul, our strength, our mind. Oh, Father God, tell us, Lord God, what we need today. Oh, te amo, Señor. Te amo, te amo, te amo, te amo. Oh, how I love you, Lord God. I love you, Father. I love you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Lord, for thou art worthy. Glory to God. Malachi 3 and 6 says, I am the Lord and I change not in OT. If God changes not, then you know you should not change. Meaning, you can't be for God one day and then not be for him the next day. You got to be for God all the way in. I'm going to tell you about something I saw the other day. Maybe a few days ago, maybe a month ago or so. I saw God get, God gives me dreams. And he lets me see stuff in dreams. And sometimes I'll see stuff, you know, however he decides to do it. And however he give it to me is how I take it. Now, he showed me somebody that was suffering through some things. And I'm like, ooh, that's crazy. So, you know me, I had to pray because I was like, that cannot stand. That can't stand, right? So, God, he know when he give it to me, I got to, he know what I'm going to do. He already know. See, I change not. This is why God can give me something to say, I know what she going to do as soon as I show her this. Yep. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke that thing. I call life to her in the name of Jesus. I call life to him now in the name of Jesus. Devil, you can't have that. That child belongs to the Lord most high in the name of Jesus. He, she shall serve you all the days of their life. Father God, in the name of Jesus. I said some other things, but you get the gist, right? So when God shows you something, especially something that is bad and you know, it's going to lead to somebody's destruction. You pray for their salvation and for their deliverance because people can be oppressed by the devil. And, but the problem is they give the devil permission to oppress them. Some of them do it through sadness. Some of them do it through wanting this, 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 that, 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 this, this, and more than they can even do anything with. And it's nothing wrong with having more nothing except that when you only want it so you can hurt somebody else so then your actions become a plague upon you it's like praying for your enemy when you pray for your enemy you actually heap coals upon them which is torment which is trauma terror and anything that they try to do to you actually goes on them this is why i say Forgive and forgive often 
and repeatedly because when you forgive, it frees you and it let, and it frees you because God will go, well, so-and-so forgave you for that. Why are you still talking about it? Why are you still harping on it? Then he'll go, they have been relieved of that. However, you are in trouble with me. That's how God works. He'll say, they gave, they forgave you even though it hurt them. They forgave you anyway. So this is why I say, forgive often, forgive always, and you ain't got no other choice but to forgive. Because it will bless you. Forgiveness will bless you. That don't mean you got to be a doormat. What that means is, you letting God handle this thing. Now, you handle your business. You don't let nobody trample all over you, but don't take a life. Don't take a life, all right? And sometimes people will come at you so you can, you know, death by cop. No, don't do that. No one has the right to take a life except for God because ain't nobody made nothing but him. Yeah, we, we jack sperm into an egg. But still, where that sperm come from? It came from Jesus. Where did the egg come from? It came from the Lord. You ain't made nothing. You just a body housing everything. So, whenever God gives you something about somebody, go ahead and pray for them. Pray for them. And let God do the work. You feel me? Oh my goodness, I love you. I love you most. Oh my goodness. I really do. Amen. Know this, that when you forgive, God will set your heart ablaze, baby. God will be like, Ooh, I love you so much. I'm going to deliver you from this, that, this, that, this, this, that, 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 this, this, this. God got you. You are the property of God. He is your deliverer and he is your victory. God loves you. 100. He would have it no other way than for you to be blessed all the time. You hear me? I'm talking about all the time. God is into you that much that he like, look, I'm going to use myself as an example. What else can I do for Kathy? Oh my goodness. I'm going to give her a smorgasbord of blessings. Now, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm using myself as an example and I am more than happy to use myself as an example for a smorgasbord of blessings, right? <laughs> Sometimes when we don't get everything that we want and we don't get the blessings that we be looking for, right? We'd be like, okay, Lord, I'll take that smorgasbord. I remember you said, no. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. God loves you. Okay. So. Um, <laughs> I'm just telling you, God loves you so much that he wants to completely bless you. He wants you in his kingdom. He wants you 100%. Some of y'all think that God won't provide a husband for you, even though you done jacked over a lot of people. You done went and stole all these women's husbands and slept with them and then dropped them. Gave them an STD and then dropped them. And like everybody's supposed to be happy to introduce their brother to you. No, they ain't happy to do that. However, God is able. You feel me? God is able. If you would just trust him, he got you. 
Now I'm looking at uh, Hebrews chapter 13, verse eight. It says, um, we got to use that uh, King James version. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to stay, stay on up in here, staying legit and whatnot. So that King James version goes like this. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So change not. Amen. God is into you 100. And so, um, I just want to make sure you understood that when God gives you something, he tells you something that means that you are to pray for that person. And if the, if they've committed some act against you, forgive them so that God can go ahead and move on your behalf. But it's hard for him to move on your behalf when you steady hating that person. You feel me? All right. All right. We got more coming up for you in just a few short minutes or seconds, I should say. All right. This is you're back and this is Kathy Brox for LUTG Radio. Amen. Let us thank God radio. Oh my goodness. All right. So we gonna uh, go ahead and continue this and kick it off with some scriptures and you know this and we got a bunch of them because I just like scriptures. You know what I'm saying? It is nourishment for the body, for the mind, for the soul. Oh my goodness. And I love it when God gives me some revelation. Sometimes I can read the same scripture over scripture over and over again. And um, I'll get a new revelation. And ah, oh my goodness. I'm going to just tell you this. I'm going to just share this with y'all. I was um, eating some um, chips that I had gotten from Walmart. You know, the sour cream and cheddar ones. Oh, my favorite. <laughs> Oh, so good. But the problem is they're the, they're the rippled ones. And I love the rippled ones. I would never buy any, even though this does this to my tongue. When I eat too many, it scratches my tongue. And sometimes you like to put like three and four of them in your mouth at one time. And we're trying to crunch them. <laughs> so it's kind of difficult sometimes. <laughs> but they're so good. Especially when you get some Gatorade with them or something. Or you can just use water. Oh, so good. But it, it scratches my tongue sometimes. <laughs> and even even after I get all better and whatnot, I still be wanting them like a week later. <laughs> pray for me. <laughs> no, don't pray for me because I'm going to eat my chips. <laughs> I don't eat them as often as I used to. I've been really good. I've been without chips for like a lot. I guess about a year, you know, and then I, you know, I had to get me some and, but, um, I do drink caffeine free soda. So, uh, every now and then I get, I get me a chip. Amen. Glory to God. Jesus loves you. Oh, it is okay to love your husband. All right, ladies. It's okay to love your husband. It's okay to love him. Tell him every day. Oh, you so sexy. Oh my goodness. Did y'all notice that Jesus courts us like a husband does his wife? He courts the church like a husband does his wife. When I found that out, I was like, oh, oh, that's for me. Song of Solomon, (laughs) y'all. You know, I said that's for me, right? Because I'm always talking about how gorgeous Jesus is. I was like, oh, wait a second. Let me reread Song of Solomon's again. I ain't going to read it now because, you know, it's really hot and heavy. And you probably need to, 
you know, get yourself a, a soda or some chocolate while you're reading that. It's kind of like reading one of those love novels, those har- Harlequin novels. But it's better because it's Jesus talking to us. <laughs> but that'll prepare you for how gorgeous Jesus is when you get to heaven. You can be like, oh, what? <laughs> oh, sorry. I did not mean to do that in your ear. <laughs> Anyway, oh my goodness, he, Jesus is gorgeous. And did you know that God will give you a man that is as sweet and kind and loving, wise, wealthy, I mean, just rich with love and, ah, he'll give you what he is. Did you know that God will give you what he is? I was like, boom, baby. This is what I'm talking about. You need to read Song of Solomon's, get you some chocolate, get you a Bible. If you get Bible Gateway on your phone and read it, this is for both men and women. You're like, what, men? Yeah, Song of Solomon's will tell you how to, mm, (laughs) However, I do, I have a caveat to that, though. In it. It has the woman going out into the streets looking for this dude. Now, she, (laughs) two things. I don't like to share. That's number one. And two, I don't like to hunt. I'm not going to lie. If anybody knows me throughout my entire life, they will know that Kathy has never hunted. I don't like to hunt. That is not my forte. I won't hunt nobody. Now, if you come at me, I may send you a joke or two. I may joke around, but I don't hunt. I will let you hunt. I like being pursued. I like being courted. I won't hunt. I won't. I'll reciprocate if I like you. I'll reciprocate, and I'll let you know that. But Kathy will not hunt. (laughs) Jesus didn't make me to hunt. You saw, When you read Song of Solomon, you'll see uh, she was hunting and hunting and hunting and it took her a long time before you know she she kind of like saw him and then she didn't see him he came to the door but she ain't want to she was too pretty to get up out of the bed to get her little feet dirty to go open the door for him kathy will get up out of the bed if you at the door i'ma let you in i'm not gonna sit up there and say oh i don't want to get my feet dirty why don't you use your key you didn't give him a key Anyway, if you marry, he got a key. So that's another thing. If you marry, he got a key. He ain't got a knock on the door. That's his. What's yours is his, and what's his is yours. I'm just, I'm just putting my little spin on some things. All right, I've been talking too much. I'm telling you, this dude. I heard this pastor talk about that song of Solomon's because Jesus was telling him to read it. Right? He's like, Jesus, you know what's in that? I ain't reading that. He go, Yes, you are. Jesus, look, I'm a boxer. I'm a I'm a heavyweight. I'm a I'm a world widely known boxer. I'm 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 a boxer. I ain't I ain't reading that. And Jesus go, I'm a wrestler. And I'm the best in in your world. (laughs) 
He goes, I am the best wrestler. So what you going to do? I told you to read it. I was like, oh, he talking like that to him. I, I might want to read that too. Let me, let me read it over again. So I had to read it seriously. I had to read it twice. So the first time I was going, uh-uh, nope, nope, uh-uh, nope, mm-mm, not happening. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, let me stop reading it with an offense. Because I was reading it with an offense. And I was like, oh, shoot. I was really reading it going, mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I'm not really giving this a fair shot. Let me go ahead and reread it and see how Jesus is really courting me. Because I'm always saying, te amo, Jesus. Te amo, te amo, te amo, te amo, te amo. I love you. <laughs> right? I'm always saying that, right? And so I was like, okay, let me give this a fair shot. Because, you know, because when I first started reading it, he was like, Yo, what's up, girl? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> but to me, that's what he was saying. Because I, I kind of felt him, like, come up, like, you know, coming to my coming to my presence. I'm like, uh-huh. So to me, it was like he was doing that. Yo, what's up, girl? Yeah. I love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I was just missing somebody. That's all it was. So I was taking to I was taking offense the first time I read it, but the second time I read it, I was like, Oh, oh, oh my goodness. And you know what I started doing? I started praying for the folks I love. I was like, Oh yeah. Let me pray for this one, pray for that one, pray for this, pray for that one. You know, you pray for your, you know, your pastors or your leadership, family and whatnot. And then you pray for the one that got your heart. You're like, yeah, yeah, I put you straight next to Jesus. You know what? You'll be ahead of him in a minute. That's right. You know, when you get married, Jesus takes a second seat to, to marriage. And so I was like, yeah, you're going to watch out, boy. You, you gonna be, you going to be ahead of Jesus in a sec. Watch out now. <laughs> Let me get to reading these scriptures. I'm... But check out Song of Solomon. Um, right now I got to uh, try and stick with my lineup, even though I don't, I don't think I'm going to make it because this thing is only an hour long. So here we go. Um, this is the scriptures, our um, <laughs> morning scriptures. I call it our morning, afternoon, and evening scriptures because they're good anytime. Here we go. Psalms 37 and 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Zechariah. Okay, you gotta let that just, you know, just simmer in you for a little minute, for a minute. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. So I got to ask you, what is in your heart? What's in your heart? If malice and envy and jealousy is in your heart, well, guess what you getting for Christmas? Yep. <laughs> so that's why God says, delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. You cannot delight yourself, meaning you can't be happy in the Lord and be joyous and sing songs and give him praise 
when you, you know, always got a frown, a frown on your face and always being deceitful and deceptive and it don't work like that. That's why you got to be happy and joyous and just give God all your cares, all your problems, give it all over to the Lord. It was hard because, um, I'll tell you real deal. The other day I was upset about something and I was, uh, yelling at Jesus. Don't ask me why I did it, but I did. And he is so loving that he goes, worship me. And I'm paraphrasing because he didn't say it audibly, but I could hear him pressing me to do it. And I could feel him trying to bring the, the worship words out of my mouth. And I was trying to hold it in. <laughs> Cause I was like a lover mad at her, mad at her man is what I was. I was upset with him and I was just angry with him. And I was like, no, no, I'm not. And then I was like, oh, oh, I know I'm supposed to do the right thing. (laughs) And I just, I said, forget it. I apologize. I'm just the way you don't let the sun go down on your anger with your man that you see in 3D. You don't let the sun go down on any perceived anger that you think you have with Jesus. Because he is never out to hurt you. He's always out to bless you. That's his thing about blessing you. And so anyway, I just gave in and just started worshiping him. And you know what? I actually felt better after I started worshiping him. I'm not kidding. So forgive whatever you whatever you think whatever ought you think you got against the lord forgive him say lord this is what i was upset with you about forgive me i forgive you because i thought you were doing that and i asked you to forgive me because you know and he'll tell you the real deal if it's something he didn't give you he didn't give it to you for a reason ask him what the reason was amen it could have been you know what? That car had a blow. It was going to blow out 15 miles after you bought it and you would have had an accident and it would have exploded. And you'd have been up here with me in less than 24 hours. So that could have been something like that. You know what I'm saying? All right. Up next, Zechariah nine and eight. I will camp around my house because of the army, because of him who passes by and him who returns No more shall an oppressor pass through them. For now I have seen with my eyes. Mm. Hallelujah. Now have seen with my eyes. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, the eyes that he's talking about is when God refers to eyes, oftentimes he's referring to the spirit, what you see in the spirit. And uh, he do talk about your natural eye when he talks about healing and, and things like that. But he's, he's, and he also, he does talk when he talks about, don't just believe what your naked eye will see. He's telling you to dig deeper. And to look into the spirit. And um and he and he also tells you to seek discernment. And discernment comes in the spiritual form. Amen. 
Glory to God. Uh, the book of Matthew chapter six, verses nine through 13, it says in this manner, therefore pray our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil, from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men, their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. Amen. Now let's go back a little bit to verse 13. It says, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, you're probably rocking your brain and going, yeah, I know who that evil one is in my family or at my job or at my church or at my whatever. If you know who the evil one is in your whatever, don't you think you should be praying for them? I'm just saying. Why point a finger if you ain't willing to point a finger and say, devil, I cast you out now in the name of Jesus. Come out of them. If you ain't willing to pray for them, why are you willing to accuse them? You got to be willing to pray for somebody. You can't constantly accuse people and accuse people to expect them to change and to be better and to be delivered. You got to pray for them. And once you pray for him, leave that with God and let the next thing you say is, Jesus, I believe the blood is more than enough. Thank you for delivering so-and-so or whoever. A lot of people always think that it's a Shaquita that needs delivering. It ain't always the case. It could be a John, a Mary, a Jack, and that don't mean that they black or white. That just means that they're human beings, male and female. Everybody is born into sin and everybody is, is going to need Jesus to get out of it. Everyone, no excuses. Everybody needs Jesus. Amen. Hebrews 11 and one says now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. Jesus is that substance. Jesus is that substance. He's the substance. He's the hope and the evidence. That's a three. That's three chords wrapped around one. That's three and one. Evidence. He's substance. Hope. Evidence. You ladies that are praying for a husband. You want evidence of that things. Evidence of a husband is standing on the altar, getting married. It's the, mm, I do in a, mm, that's what it is. That's the evidence. You folks that are hoping for a car or a house. Well, after you pray and believe and tell God exactly which one you want and how you want it and whatever and when you want it and where you want it. He's the thing that you press on and you continue to press towards and say, Jesus, remember, thank you for that car. Thank you for that house. Thank you for paying my kids tuition, even though it ain't even happened. You thanking him anyway. 
until it happens. And when it happens, bam, there it is. A check on the table for that college tuition, paying off your credit cards, a car in the port, in a carport or whatever. Keys on the table. You feel me? Jesus is it, baby. The beginning and the end. Because he did it right. Amen. Speaking of Jesus, here's something that speaks to everything that he did for us. John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. I'm just saying. Mark 9, 23. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Believe me, I love you. Believe me. That's what Jesus says to us all the time. Believe me. When he says, have faith, he's saying, believe me. I love you. Believe me, I love you. When your man is going out to work and you worried about whether or not he going to stoop the secretary or something, stoop, is that how they say it now? Stoop, have relations with. He's like, believe me, I love you. I ain't doing that. Don't worry about it. I know she all kind of crazy, but that ain't my cup of tea. You my cup of tea. You the one I want. So believe him. If that's what he's saying, believe him. Deuteronomy 34 and 7. And Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eye was not dim, nor his natural force abated. This is what I'm talking about. This is the physical body right here. And God is saying, I'm going to take what's in the spirit and I'm going make it, to make it available and possible in the flesh, in the earth, on, on, in earth as it is, uh, on earth as it is in heaven. Moses got it. Amen. He got the blessing. Glory to God. Psalms 147 and 3. Well, Jesus, Moses got the blessing and then Jesus made it available to the rest of us when he put himself up on the cross and took our punishment. Amen. Glory to God. Moses, he, he was in a company of those folks that would live a thousand years, but he ended up living 120. But he was still under that same blessing and covenant because he obeyed God, followed God, and he lived his life for the Lord. So God blessed him for sacrificing his life for the Lord, for giving God his life and letting God move him from point A to point B to go and speak to a Pharaoh and tell him, uh, give me God's people or God going to jack you up. I'm summarizing. The Lord jacked him up and then buried him in water because the dude wouldn't let go. Dude gave up the people and then he's followed him trying to enslave him or kill him again. That's just wrong. When you have been beaten, you have been beaten. Let it go because you may lose your life for your pride. They, The Pharaoh had too much pride and he couldn't let it go. So, well, he died with his pride. That's all I'm saying. That's what happened. Yeah, look it up yourself. It's in the Pentateuch. That's the first five books of the Bible, of the Holy Bible. 
Look it up. Oh, my goodness. Glory to God. We got a little bit more for you. I'm going to read this uh, last one. Uh, John 16 and 13. Like I said, I, I, I didn't think I was going to get through all of them anyway. So, actually, I'm going to read, like, maybe two, three more. And then we're going to, we'll see. Anyway, we'll be right back. All right, this is Kathy Brox for the LUTG Radio Show. Amen. Let us thank God Radio. WKKP Digital Broadcasting, you know it. Oh, my goodness. Glory to God. We got John 16 and 13 here, and I love it because it says, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all all truth for he shall not speak of himself but whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak and he will show you things to come this is what i'm talking about give me the 411 let me know what's going on lord and he does it with the comforter that's all i'm saying Woo! spirit of truth glory to god worship me in spirit and in truth. That means by the Holy Spirit. Amen. If the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And God says worship me in spirit and in truth. He said uh, you need the Holy Ghost. That's what he's saying. And I just got that. It took me a while to get that. But I just got that. Oh, This is the other thing you need to see. <laughs> you like Kathy, how long you been saved? You just got that. Yeah, sometimes you don't see you know a thing and you understand a thing. Or so say you know a thing and you know what you should say, but sometimes you don't see it until you see it. You don't see it until God gives it to you. So I just now saw that thing that he's saying that Jesus is I'm Jesus, that the Holy Spirit is spirit of truth, and he and when we worship the Father and we worship King of Kings, Jesus, then we're worshiping in spirit and in truth. And that is by the Holy Spirit with the umption and guidance of the Holy Spirit, the comforter. And then check this out. The next, the next two words is, is come. Remember I told you that the word come means to pursue and to overtake. The word come means to pursue and to overtake in God's language. In he in his in his revelatory language, the word come means to pursue and overtake. So let's read that how he really meant it. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is pursuing and overtaking you. He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to overtake. Oh, he'll show you things to pursue and overtake. So that 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 scripture there says that the Holy Spirit is going to take over you, and then he's going to show you what to, he's going to pursue you and overtake you, and then show you what to pursue and overtake that that don't mean that you're going to overtake people. That means you're going to overtake territories and hearts. And you, well, I, I got to be careful. You're not going to overtake the hearts. What you're going to do is plant seeds so people can realize themselves that they need Jesus. Because the word of God is written on the inside of all of us. 
But sometimes we have a hard time hearing it because it's covered up with muckety muck. That's the issues of life. You know, some people cry, cry, cry all the time. And all they can do is cry. Every time something happens, they cry, 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 cry. Well, their spirit is surrounded by water. Just flooded. Just flooded. Can't even get to it. It's like, it's going, like it's gurgling. Seriously. And so, that's why we need the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's why you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. So that the Holy Spirit can overtake you. He can, he'll pursue you, overtake you, and then show you the things to pursue and to overtake. Those are the things that you need. So when we pray, Father, tell me what I need today. We're saying, really, Holy Spirit, love. Pursue me, overtake me. And tell me what to pursue. Where do I need to be going? That's what that's all about. Where do I need to be going? What do I need to be doing? What do you want me to do? Sometimes it's not sowing a seed in a particular person, but it's buying a building. So these other people will have a place to come and worship. Or you doing a Jesse Duplantis where you go and buy the hotel in a flooded area. So people have a place to stay for free for a year. Hello. Yep. God blessed him that much that he could do that. And he did it more than one time. I'm just saying. That is abundantly blessed. So the Holy Spirit told him what? He, well, the Holy Spirit over, pursued him and overtook him because he did. And then he told him what to pursue and what to, what to take over. That is beautiful, baby. That is beautiful. Now, the next one is uh, John 14, 23. You're like, Kathy, how can you even go on anymore? That was so good. I'm not good. Only the Father is good. But his word is good, ain't it? Ain't it? I'm just saying. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. An abode is a home, it's a dwelling place. That refers back to Psalms 91. He that dwells in a secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I'm paraphrasing. The shadow of the Almighty is the wings of the Lord. You think you're close when you're standing in front of his breastplate. Try and get up under his armpits. You smell all the funk. But for Jesus, the funk smells like honey on a honeycomb. You ever smell somebody that smells like cream and peaches? Just so good. You just want to nestle on up all, put your nose all up in it like a puppy dog. I'm telling you, when you get nestled up under God, he's protecting you and covering you because you're too weak to stand on your own. And he's telling you, pray, pray. You don't pray. He's going, pray, pray. I need you to pray, pray. I want you to pray, pray. And then finally you go, our father who art in heaven. And you're like, ooh, you going like that. Okay, well, it's Matthew chapter 6. It's the Lord's Prayer. Now, don't listen to me singing and saying, oh, she sounds terrible. Forget about that. Read Matthew chapter 6. Verses 9 through 14, it talks about the Lord's Prayer and it teaches you how to pray. Amen. We got 
One more. John 1 and 17. The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. You got to remember that. Jesus is grace and truth. Grace is that merciful. That is that unmerited favor and truth. That is justice. God is a just, just God. And he wants to bless you. Amen. We got the prayer confession coming up for you in a few short seconds, but I'm going to let you mull over these scriptures you just read. And while we're taking a break, I want you to just start saying hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Lord, thou art worthy. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. 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 Glory to God. Jesus loves you, beloved. Hallelujah. This is Kathy Brocks, and this is the LUTG Radio Show. We are back. Amen. 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 God is into you. I got it. I just wanted to tell you that. And I want to remind you of that. Sometimes we often think that the Lord is not paying attention. God is paying attention. He heard you the first time. Amen. Glory to God. God heard you the first time you called on him. He heard you the last time you called on him. And he'll keep hearing you every time you call on him. He ain't forgot you. Not by a little bit. God loves you. 100%. Amen. The Lord is absolutely 100% into you. Amen. Glory, glory to God. So let's get our, uh, let's get this worship on. Did I say worship? I meant these, uh, well, it, it is worship, but, uh, it is the, um, prayer confession. And it goes like this. Hallelujah, Jehovah. We receive the blessing of the Abraham covenant and the promise of Jesus to do more than he Cause Jesus went home to the father. Thank you for this beautiful day. We hear from God and are led by the Holy spirit. Holy spirit, fill our lives and surround us with your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your order. The sacrifice of your son, Jesus and his holy and perfect blood. Thank you for our comforter, the Holy spirit who leads us into all righteousness. Thank you, Lord, for you are hope. We shall keep your word in our hearts and minds. We shall love you, Lord, with all our hearts, minds, souls, and strength today, Lord. We shall honor you by loving our neighbors. We are blessed to be a blessing. Thank you, Lord, for giving us power and authority over the enemy. When the enemy of God comes against us, it shall suffer the wrath of God. The body of Christ stands on the word of faith, for it is our shield and buckler. Thank you, Lord. Every mountain is moved and every closed or blocked door uh, that has hindered the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ is open. In your name, Jesus, we shall win every living soul and every soul to be born to the kingdom of God, decreasing hell and expanding heaven. Jesus, we love you and believe in your saving grace. Thank you, Lord, for every soul and every person boldly confessing and professing 
the gospel of Jesus Christ, receiving Jesus into their hearts and living to glorify God. Thank you, Lord. And Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eye was not dim, nor his natural force abated. As Moses was so full of good health, so are we. We are healed in our bodies and minds. Any disease or virus that touches our bodies dies instantly. The addicted are delivered now. We hunger, the hungry hunger no more. Our shoes are replenished and resources never exhausting. For you, Lord Jehovah, our husband made us rich. Your voice is the only one we follow. Your Holy Spirit leads us into all righteousness. We are always in the right place at the right time. We sow into good soil and reap abundantly. Everything we touch turns to gold. We sow seeds of faith daily and harvest seeds already sown. Jesus' good pleasure is our good pleasure. Our spirits and bodies are not dumping grounds. We decrease unbelief in our minds and life. No weapons formed against us shall prosper. We are the beloved, believing you love us and receiving your love, not subject to temptation, submitting to your will, receiving your blessing in the name of your risen son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. For we always have more than enough all the time. The kingdom of God is manifested in the earth among the redeemed people of God. God's people ask for his wisdom and receive it in abundance. God's people operate in the power of God. God's people have assured dwellings and quiet resting places. God's people are the created and matter in the earth. God's people light shines in all the earth with the help of the Holy Ghost and the angels of the kingdom of God. Jehovah, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. God's people are made to live according to God's world. The one man cannot see if God before his people. If God before his people, who can be against us? No one. God's people do not take the attitude of defeat. Those who accept defeat do not know who they are, nor their position in the kingdom of heaven. We, the people of God, are the heads and not the tails, above and not beneath. Going forward and not backwards, the beloved and the sign of God, we count it all joy when we go up against the giant. We ask God for wisdom and receive it abundantly, standing on the word of the kingdom for all things. We as God's people stand on the word of God and all we believe lines up with the word of God by his divine righteous order. God brings us his people health and healing and reveals to us the abundance of peace and truth. The hope God gives us is achieved and manifested in the earth. We worship God of our own free will, not by force or shame, but by love and honor in the name of God's risen son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And all of that summarized means this. John 14 and 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, this is Jesus, the works that I do, he, this is you and me, will do also. And greater works than these, he, that's us again, will do because I, that's Jesus, go to my father. Amen. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God. Jesus loves you. 100%. Glory to God. Glory to God. 
God is the most high. Amen. He is the apex. There is none higher than Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Jesus loves you. 100%. That's all I'm saying. Amen. We got a little bit more for you coming up in a few short minutes. Well, seconds. All right, all right. We are back, and this is Kathy Brox for LUTG Radios, WKKP Digital Broadcasting. Did I say that too fast? Yes, I did. <laughs> anyway, amen. I want you to be in the bosom of the Lord. I want you to be so tight that you like, oh, Lord, mm, mm. I want to be just like you when I grow up. <laughs> no, seriously. You need to have, you need your heart to be on the inside of God's heart and your mind to be on the inside of God's mind. That way you don't mess up and you get to finish your destiny because what God made for you is so blessed. It would blow your head off if he told you it every, if he told you everything when you were 18, when you, you were old enough to go do whatever you wanted to do. If he said, Hey, so-and-so, you going to do X, Y, Z, blah, 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 blah. You, your head will be like, oh, you know, you get all like, yeah, guess what, dude? You better bow down. I'm going to be, my name is Barack, and I'm going to be president. You better bow down. My name is Michelle, and guess what? I'm going to be a lawyer. You better get up out my face. <laughs> Imagine if God had told them up front, I don't know, maybe when they were 10 or 6 or 12, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> when you, you know how we get when we little kids and we get a, some, and our parents tell us we're going to get something later on. We be like, whatever. Guess what I'm getting? Hey, whatever. So imagine God telling his kids absolutely everything that he's going to give us. The only thing he told us for sure that we can guarantee and count on is salvation. Cause he knew that that was good. And he wanted us to brag about that. But if he tells you your entire future ahead of time, you're going to mess it up. So this is where we come in with the worship prayer. And this is a nod to Kevin Elzada. I, I read his book, Heavenly Visitations. And I wrote, I asked God to help me write a prayer based on that, uh, a clip um, on page 32. And so I'm not going to read the clip, but I'm going to read the prayer that God helped me write. And so it goes like this. Father, and I'm saying this over you. So repeat it after me. Amen. I, I should say, I, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Father, I repent of my sins and enter into your heart and your courts. Thank you, Lord, for thinking of me, bringing your hopeful substance to fruition. Now, Father, my desire rises from the cavern of your heart <clears throat> from the cavern of your heart to have the desires of your heart and your mind oh lord that i may enter into my destiny father in the name of your risen son jesus of nazareth open my book and fulfill every day as I worship and honor you. Thank you for guiding me and teaching me. Because I am your desire. I enter into you. 
Amen. Glory to God. That is just for you. Amen. Jesus loves you. He's absolutely into you. And that's the way he wants to do it. Amen. Amen. We'll be right back right after this. All right. All right. Hey, hey, hey. Amen. This is Kathy Brocks for LUTG Radios, WKKP Digital Broadcasting. And this is the show where we are at the end and we is, it is time to say goodbye. So thank you, Lord, for the successful show. The many so saved by the word of God. Now covered in the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we believe you love us and receive your love. Lord, you be glorified in all the earth in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, for a successful show. This is how we do it. We gotta go. Peace out, y'all. This is Kathy Brox for LUTG Radios, WKKP Digital Broadcasting, and I will see you around. I don't know. Invite me somewhere to speak. That's all I'm saying. All right. Peace. See ya. You're listening to the LUTG Radio Show podcast with Kathy Brocks. And this show is called Why Forgive If God Did Not. Listen to the whole thing. Tell me what you think. Maybe you agree, maybe you won't. But this is LUTG Radio. Let us thank God. We often find ourselves telling God or asking God, Lord, love me. God, would you just love me, please? Would you say something to me? Because we denote his voice and his paying attention to us and his coming straight to our face as a parent would to address us in any way, shape, or manner, but especially in love. We denote that as a form of love because we get it from our earthly parents and we think that God being the most high, he would be greater and better, a better communicator than our earthly parents. For some of us, our earthly parents are drunks and drug addicts and pimps and whores. But for some of us, they're doctors and lawyers and agents and actors and business people and cooks and chefs and nannies and you name it. There's like 999,000 different categories, I guess. Or is it just a thousand? Something like that. But there's a lot of categories of different jobs that people do, artists and whatnot, radio podcast people. Some people are parents without even knowing that they're parents because maybe they gave that egg up or they gave their sperm away or sold it to make bread money or to buy food when they were younger and they had no clue that they became a parent without even knowing it. Sometimes they feel a tug on their heart going, mm, I feel some emotional part of me being extended, but I don't know what it is. It could be that kid or that, that sperm or that egg that connected with somebody else and made a kid. So your part of your spirit is out there somewhere, somehow, but you just don't know. Well, that's a whole nother story to talk about. But right now, I want to tell you that sometimes we feel as though we're not loved. And I, I had learned that worship is a kiss on the cheek to God. And I had told that to you like months ago, you know, and I was, I was expressing how much I love God, which I still do. You're like, you still do? What did you learn, Kathy? Well, I got a revelation and this is stuff that I had already knew, but sometimes you know how you know a thing, but you don't exactly go towards that thing because it seems kind of scary. Like, no, that can't be. It's kind of like, 
I'll, I'll put it more relatable, something you can easily see. You know how babies are really cute? It's so cute and they smell so good right out of the womb. They smell so good even if the baby's mama's breath stank. The baby still smells good. Even if the daddy looks atro atrocious. The dad, the baby is always so pretty and you just want to hug it and love it and no, 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 right? But when it comes to them after they've had their milk and they done pooped, you like, ah, danger, danger, danger. No, no, no. <laughs> You're like, how could something so pretty produce that on the other end? And they're just smiling and laughing at you. <laughs> Making those little faces, making you laugh. And you're like, you're so cute, but you stink. Right? And so when we think of, when we think about the love of God, we think, wow, God is good because his word says no one is good but the Father. Jesus even said this. No one is good but the Father. Is the Father the same one that made the heavens and the earth? He thought of it. The Holy Spirit loved it. I mean, the Son loved it. And then the Holy Spirit did it. Yeah, that's exactly what happened when you read Genesis. You see how the heavens and the earth were created. The father thought of it. The son loved it. And the Holy Spirit went out and did it. And But they were all there at the same time watching all this unfold, right? And all their, their holiness and glory. They're watching all this unfold. And they're like, yeah, yeah. And they cheered it on, right? Cool. And so... When we when we think about that, God made the heavens and the earth. But have you ever thought about before God made the heavens and the earth, what provoked him to make the heavens and the earth? Now, heaven itself had already existed prior to God deciding to make the earth and the galaxy and the stars. Before he made all these other additional planets and the sun and moon. He already had heaven in place. He did. Before he made the heaven and the earth, he had already created hell and kicked Satan down to hell. He had already done that. Already done it. You're like, oh, yeah. Now, speaking of Satan, some people worship Satan as a god. Actively worship Satan as a God. The way we say, glory to God, thank you, Jesus. They say that about Satan. And some people worship a God called, it starts with an A. Well, I'll just say his name. They call him Allah. Some people worship Baha'i. Some people worship, um, I forget these other names. Oh, I'm getting a headache just even to mention them. Jesus is Lord. Glory to God. Anyway. <laughs> So not everybody worships Jesus. That's the one thing we got to just put out there because that is the truth. Because God said that there will be many that come in my name and proclaim to be the Lord Most High. But, you know, there's only one Lord. He says that. And so why am I why am I talking to you about Jesus and creation and Jehovah God and the Holy Spirit and the devil and all these other religions? Because the, I'm, I'm reading a book. And I'll tell you about the book later because my goal is to try and get some interviews. But anyway, I'm reading a book and this guy is talking about things that I had thought about long ago. And you know how we say how the earth was created and science will say it was a big bang theory. And we're like, nah, that was God. 
And so often I was wondering, well, wait a minute, if God says I am that I am and I am ancient and I was before the every, everything ever was, nothing was made without me that was made, right? I'm kind of summarizing it because it sounds like a poetic, I mean, sound like a poem to me, like, sound like a rap. I'm just like, ooh, I can jive to that. And so <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm going, well, God, were you a big bang? Man, that would sound like an insult, right? But it's not, you know, because he's like, I'm a spirit, you know, a spirit is energy. I'm like, a spirit is energy, then energy forms from something, right? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not doubting God. I still believe in God. Ain't, ain't nothing passing that. That, that you know, I passed the mustard test and he tastes good. But what I'm saying is sometimes when we think of God, we can't fully form him in our mind. Like, okay, well, we know about Jesus because, you know, he had a, an actual birth. But what about the father? And what about the Holy Ghost? The, the Holy Ghost is the mind of God. Is Well, yeah, the mind of Christ, the mind of God. And, and the father, the creator, you're like, but the father is a spirit. But what I come up with is he is that he is. He is a spirit, right? And I was wondering. And so this is what I was wondering. And some would say that the, that the spirit of Satan came upon me. I kid you not, as I'm writing this, I felt something touch me and I felt something tr basically try and penetrate my butt, which is what Satan always does. And I hate it. He he knows I can't stand that because, and he'll provoke me and he'll try. Oh, I hate it. Just, Ooh, I even, I audibly say, get up off me, Satan. <laughs> Cause it'd be a spirit bugging me and trying to just, Ooh, irritate the crap out of me. Didn't this thing did not want me to get this out. Did not want me to get it out. And I even heard this audible voice going, Ugh, uh, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. God going to get this out. Right. And so <laughs> I'm going, I'm thinking, okay, Lord, God is ancient and you created the goodness. Right. And I got this revelation. If God created the goodness, then he also created sin. He did. He did create sin. And so the, so here was the question. I said, well, God, the enemy's goal is to prevent us from moving and um, operating in the things that basically God destined us to do. And so sin is ancient and because and it's ancient because it was created, uh, from goodness. So basically, okay, I'm, I'm getting, I'm kind of twisting that up, but sin is ancient as well as goodness is ancient. And my thought was that God created goodness out of the works of sin. And now hear me out here, because if you don't have darkness, how can you have light? If you don't have light, how can you have darkness? You have to know what is the opposing thing. And so in my thinking, because God creating both good and evil, I think that he went to the extremes to find out how bad evil and sin could be so that he could store it away. Now the angels knew both sin and goodness, but they knew it from the vastness of the father. And 
I think that what he did was, I think he showed them goodness first and then showed them sin. I may be wrong about the order, but it's, but as far as for himself, before he made anything, including an angel, this is my belief now, I believe that he himself became his first control test experiment. You know how we do experiments in school, in college, high school, grammar school? You always have a, 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 a control set and you always have a test set. So can, the control test set does not get any chemicals no no benefits of anything they don't get any medicine or nothing they get like sugar water so if you're gonna do like a vitamin test you give them a vitamin a pill that looks exactly like a vitamin and it tastes like a vitamin but it's just sugar and then you give somebody you give the real test groups the actual vitamin and see how it works on them and you say you tell them hey this is supposed to make you better it's supposed to make you better and wiser and stronger, right? Get this. That is the very same thing that Satan said, that the snake said to Adam and Eve. He said it to Eve first. Eve, God doesn't want you to know what he knows. I'm paraphrasing. But God doesn't want you to know what he knows. And then Eve, when she, when she, it wasn't that she took a bite of the apple from the, from the tree, it was that she went against the father. She went against the rules that she knew. Now that tree, it did, it did reveal some things to her, but it was the lie that she believed. It was the lie that revealed those things to her. The revelation that she got was a lie. So she ate up the tree of knowledge. But luckily he didn't give her the fruit from the tree for eternal life. And so that thing housed everything that God knew. Well, everything that he knew about sin is what it housed. And the, the, the thing is God had purposely and deliberately separated. He, after he became, after he, now I'm going, I'm going to go back to where I was. Cause I went forward with Adam and Eve. After God tested everything and, and showed himself, okay, this is the worst of the worst of the worst that I, the only being that exists, can think of. And he, when he thought of every sin possible, he thought of every man that he would create, every woman he would create, every person, every dog, every animal, every vehicle, every, everything that he would create. And he thought... What is the worst of the worst each one of these things can do separately and together? That was a lot of sin. This is what I'm thinking, right? So he thought about all this sin and out of that sin, what is the opposing, what is the opposition of sin? Goodness. And so out of all that, he, he developed the goodness what is the goodness and what is love? Because remember, he desired love, but how can, how can love exist uh, and be a codependent of sin? It cannot. Either one will give way to the other. The both cannot exist in the same plane, in the same house. One will give way to the other and oftentimes sin will overtake goodness. 
prime example is Adam and Eve. Sin overtook goodness because a part of sin is doubt. Doubt is a part of sin. So what Lucifer, Satan implemented or kicked up in Eve was doubt. Even though she knew her father, like for example, when your daddy tells you he's going to come over, Say, yeah, you know, say, oh, he's going to take you someplace. Some, not everybody has two parents in a household. When daddy say he's going to come over, you expect him to come over. You standing at the door. You waiting at the door. Daddy coming. Daddy coming. Yay, yay, yay. You doing your little dance. Daddy coming. My daddy coming. Hey, hey. Or if you ain't got no daddy, you ain't never had that experience. I had that experience. Or it could be a boyfriend. My man coming. Hey. He coming, taking me to the show, going to a comedy show. Hey, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. And you're doing your little dance. Or it could be your girls. Oh, get my hair all done. Me and my girls, we're going out. We're going to have some fun. Hey, hey, hey. But all of a sudden, five minutes get here, you, you ready. Because you ain't normally ready for nothing, but you ready for this. You ready ahead of time, five minutes, 30 minutes ahead of time. You waiting for the knock on the door, phone to ring. Come on, let's go. We at the door. Waiting for daddy to come through the door with the key. Click. Come on, baby girl, let's go. Waiting for your man to knock on the door with flowers. Hey, you so pretty. Because you want him to come, but you also want to hear that. Ooh, you gorgeous. Come on, girl. Woo! Hey! You want that, right? Time passes by, ain't nobody showed hide no hair. That means they ain't showed they booty nowhere. You like, what up? Ring, 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 ring. Everything's going to voicemail. Daddy? And you worried about, you like, what daddy? Daddy is always here. Where's daddy? Is he okay? Daddy's stuck at work. You like, that's my man. Is he all right? You calling around. You like, you blowing up his phone. Yo, you okay? What's happening? And you fall back when one of your girls sends you a photo, old boy, hugged up with somebody else. You're like, Arr! <laughs> Then that doesn't happen for everybody. Sometimes it's just they at work late. They had to work late. They text you, baby, I'm sorry. My boss kept me late. I'm on my way now. I'm going to just jump in the shower. You like, you can shower over here. He's like, no, no, I got something for you. I'm going to, you know, I got something for you. I want to bring it to you. It's at the house. Yada, yada, yada. You're like, all right, all right, you know. He a good guy. You know, he, he don't normally, like, blow me off, but, you know, you're a little disappointed. Your girls don't show up. You're like, girl, you have an accident. You got me here waiting for you. Where y'all at? And so whatever the scenario is, you still get that disappointment. You're like, man, what's up? What's up? And so, and so anyway, the whole point of this story is that God created, is that God created both heaven and hell. God created both goodness and sin. And God, his first test person was himself. God's first test person was himself. Because you, you, when you read the Bible, it talks about sin and how 
God is eternal and how sin was here before man sin was here before Jesus came sin was here after Jesus came and sin was here long before any angel. It was already here. Sin was already here. God was his first test example. He tested sin and goodness on himself. He made it. When it says he made it, that means he tested it for himself. And if he's going to test something and see if it's good, and ain't nobody else around, he ain't got nobody else to test it on but himself. To see how far would he go. He being good and that can create a gift better than any man and anything. If he can create a gift that is better than any man or anything, then he can also create sin that is worse than what any man can do or anything can do. God did make sin. And what made me think of God making sin is because he kicked Satan from heaven which is far above the galaxy that is above the earth, far, far above, all the way down to the pit of hell, which is beneath the earth. That not only takes great strength and power, but that takes great anger. Now, not only did he just kick him there, on the way to kick him, kicking him there, he formed carved out hell he kicked them so hard bam it formed hell you feel me like a fire and it's deep he didn't just kick him and he landed on the top soil dust he kicked him till he fell deep deep down that's some serious falling y'all and so with all that, I'm like, okay, Lord, you created heaven and hell and uh, you didn't like you. And my question was, okay, well, if you, cause you always asking us to forgive, 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 forgive those that have trespassed against you, forgive. And I said, well, if you want us to forgive, why didn't you forgive? I ain't, I ain't lying. I asked him that because I get these questions that come across my mind, but sometimes I'd be like, Man, is that offensive if I ask him that? And sometimes, you know, if you say, is that offensive, then it probably is. But me, I have to ask anyway, because sometimes I'll delay it. And I feel as though if I delay asking the question, that th that delay is more of a defense because now I'm living in ignorance because I did not ask God the question. So I go, well, I ain't trying to belittle you, Lord, but, uh, you know, why didn't you forgive? You asking us to forgive? And I heard, I heard, I heard like three different things. But I'm going to tell you two, because it was, I heard some talking and, <laughs> and I heard God and he was angry, but he understood my question. And the answer was, we were at war. It was a war. And so what had happened is there was a coup in heaven, basically. Lucifer got a hold of the key. Now Lucifer already knew about sin, but somehow he got it. Cause when God created sin again, this is my idea. Cause this is what I had been seeing for a long time. 
and I had heard other people talk about it and read about it, but I had, this came in my mind on my own years ago. But like I said, sometimes I don't ask God, but I discovered that not asking is more of a sin than even having the thought because I always want the truth. And that God had basically, he put sin to the side and locked it away. He even says this, he put sin to the side and he, you know, locked it away, you know, so nobody, so nobody could reach that and access that because it was so foul. However, Lucifer thought, yo, you know, God is good. You know what I'm saying? I can go up in this place. I'm number two in line. I can go ahead and bump him off and sit in his seat and do what he do. However, a created thing cannot take the place of a thing that creates. It's like saying, like, it's like a child saying to their mother, even though I'm the child, I'm your mama. Now you going to do what I tell you to do. And now see, I just heard a bunch of thuds on the floor. Boom, 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 bam. Because I don't care whether you black or white or Spanish or Portuguese, Chinese, Japanese, Lithuanian, uh, uh, Arabian, Saudi Arabian, Iraqi and Iraq, Zimbabwe, African, Norwegian, Nigerian, whatever. Any parent that ever hears those words from their kids, Filipino, no matter where you at in the world, the next thing you may hear is a thud. That will be their child hitting the flow. Because one thing you ain't going to do is disrespect a mama. That's one thing you ain't going to do. And you ain't going to raise up and puff your chest up on your daddy. They ain't going to tolerate it. If they love you, they ain't going to tolerate it. And if they don't love you, watch out. They may have a gap. That's a gun. So I'm just saying (laughs) parents don't tolerate that stuff. And if they ain't slapping you, they, they taken back. So that they are so aghast. That means taken back that they're about ready to slap you silly. Oh, oh, and you will never hear the end of that. They'll be popping you all the way home, all the way. They walking you home from school. What? generation i grew up with who are you talking to like that oh go get my belt and you better go get it so they will make you go get the belt that they're about to use to kick your butt you don't disrespect your parents you just don't and so when he said that this was a war i was like okay i get that this was a war and so it wasn't that he didn't want to forgive Satan, uh, Lucifer, who became Satan because his name, he was an angel. He was second in command and he was an angel and his name was Lucifer. And and it means light. I believe, yeah, I believe it means light. He was the prettiest. I'm going to have to look that up. I just heard light. That's what I heard. He was brilliant. He had all these different jewels, uh, in his body and whatnot. Um, I could be wrong about it. Mean light. My name, Kathy means light. It means temp, uh, tempered light, which if any of you guys know anything about tempering, name your child, Catherine. That's all I'm saying. And so, uh, (laughs) anyway, Lucifer became the father of sin because he did the most sinful thing you can do. 
He tried to take the place of his creator, his father. The worst thing you can ever do. And so God said, okay, you want to be king? Let me give you a kingdom. And he gave him hell and everything that was attached to hell because God wasn't going to actually, he wasn't going to make that place. He, cause he had stored it someplace else. He had stored it in heaven someplace else into the far reaches. But Lucifer got a hold of it. Lucifer already knew about it. So you can know about it. You can know about sin, but as long as you know about the goodness of God and you are being loved and you are constantly receiving that love, you are more likely to choose the goodness of God than sin. However, since he was in command of all the angels, he got high on himself and he forgot to repent. He did not repent. An unrepentant heart leads to chronic sin. Lucifer became in bondage to his unrepentant heart and his desire for all the praise because people would tell him, the other people, other angels would tell him how beautiful he was and he was command of all these angels and he had God's ear and he just messed up. And so God was like, we were at war. And he really wanted me to understand that we were at war. I was, I was like, okay, I get it. You were at war. I understand that. So don't think that God did not love the thing he created. He created Lucifer and he loved him. And can you imagine something that you created trying to take your life? That is a very real hard thing to comprehend. Something you created has just tried to take your life. Tried to take your position, your spot. That is a horrible position to be in. You see these stories all the time where kids uh, shoot their parents for the inheritance. Are you kidding me? You were going to get the inheritance anyway. Kids, you know, steal money from their parents so they can go get high. Really? you probably could have just asked them for some money. You know, they don't want you to get high, but you ain't have to steal from them. You, you stole the rent money. And so when, when a child goes against their, their parent, the, the authority over them, they get incensed. It's the same thing when you're on the job and you start mouthing off to the manager. They're like, yo man, there's an order to this. What are you doing? You see what I'm saying? And so, God wanted me to know that, look, Kathy, we were at war and that's what it was. It wasn't that I did not love him. It wasn't that I did not want him in the kingdom. He chose his fate. He chose his fate. He knew both good and evil. Now I'm paraphrasing. He knew both good and evil and he chose his fate. It wasn't that I didn't love him. And because he, he could not keep him there. He just could not. You cannot keep your enemy that close. In the world, you'll hear people say, well, keep your friends close, but keep your enemies closer. God says the opposite. Keep your friends close and keep your enemies far away, as he demonstrated. And um, so that that's what I understood. And that's, I said, okay, well, now I understand, you know, good and evil and why you did it the way you did. And why there was a, a need um, for Jesus to pay the punishment on the cross for us 
And it also helped me to understand why, because even, because remember, Lucifer was kicked out because he had heard about God creating man. Lucifer became jealous and envious and he wanted everything for himself. He didn't want um, man to have the earth or to have a kingdom because the earth is like a kingdom. Lucifer wanted it. So God gave him a kingdom. Hell is what he gave him. and took all the beauty and all the anointing, all the revelation. And so Lucifer went and stole what God had gave to Adam because he couldn't have it. He didn't, he couldn't get it himself, but he could steal it by lying. And, but God knew the potential of what sin could do and chronic sin, which is what Lucifer, uh, became. He became the devil, Satan. And so God had already created a substitution for man, which was the son, Jesus, to take the punishment because God had a lot of pent up anger of what Lucifer had done and what Adam and Eve had done, which was to not believe God. And because the word it means that they did not, when they did not believe God, they become, became unfaithful. And when they became unfaithful, it is the same as being stupid because the word stupid means to be without faith. And so basically Lucifer lied to Eve who then encouraged Adam to come along this sinful ride. And they both became stupid. They no longer had revelation because they did not have faith. They no longer had it easy. Now they had to toil and they, they had to toil and work the ground and had difficulty in birth. They had to work for everything now, which is the opposite of what God wanted. Now they're living by sin instead of by the goodness and the grace of God. And Jesus came to restore that goodness and that grace. You're like, well, Kathy, there's still women having difficult pregnancies. Yeah, not all of them, but yeah, some do. Some of them do. Um, but we do have, we all get the right to come to God and to be forgiven of our sins. So everybody gets that. We all have the right to be, to be healthy, to be in health and to be of sound mind and body. And we have the right to be rich. We don't have to live in poverty. And so Jesus provided all of that for us. And most importantly, a way back to the father, to the heart of God. And so worship then becomes worship, worship. It is giving praise to the Lord and giving thanks to the Lord. But most importantly, worship is belief. That's the one thing that God wanted most from Adam and Eve belief. They, he wanted them to believe him. Always, no matter what circumstance, no matter what was going on, no matter what situation, which is the same thing that Jesus went through. No matter what was going on, Jesus still had to believe. Could Jesus have taken himself off the cross? Because when he was on the cross, he knew the next step he was going into was hell. He knew that. He could have taken himself off the cross, then nothing would have gotten fulfilled. But he could have, if he had a doubted God, doubted the Father at any moment, he could have taken himself off. But he didn't. He trusted him. And he knew how angry the father was because not only was he angry, but the father had to wait thousands and thousands and thousands of years because before he could exact his revenge. 
Can you imagine waiting that long before you can exact your revenge? He had to wait 7,000 years, I mean 6,000 years before, you know, the whole earth was complete and he put somebody in it. Then he had to wait, he had to wait another thousand years because he rested. Okay? So he kicks Lucifer out of heaven. Lucifer comes back after he had made man. And then he tempts man just as man is just learning, you know, just stretching his legs and learning all about faith and, and what God can do and what he can do through God. He's just now learning all this stuff. The whole earth is filled. He done named everything in the earth. And now he got him a woman. Oh my goodness. He's about to make some, make some mini me's. And Lucifer like, oh no. Y'all going to be beholden to me. And he puts it, he slides in that lot. He slides it in. Like a husband sliding in the home base, making a baby. He slid it in. And there goes. That began the seed of unbelief. And it at that point, it cut off faith. Can you imagine? God thwarted a coup. Now he has to solve the problem of unfaith. When he gave Adam everything. He gave him everything. And he gave him wisdom. That's why in the Bible you're hearing the Proverbs to hold tight to wisdom. Keep what your father gave you. So anyway, um, I was, I was talking to God about, Hey, where are you? Because God says that worship to him is like a kiss on the cheek. And so I said, well, if worship to you is like a kiss on the cheek, then what do you think we need? And that's not to be offensive. I'm serious. If worship is a kiss on the cheek to the Lord, then what do he think we need and won't? If he wants it, then we want it. Not saying that we want to, we want God to lower himself to our standards and start saying, Kathy, you're worthy. Oh no, no, we won't. FaceTime. If you ask any person that's going to be real with you and they say, well, what is it you want from your spouse? FaceTime. Some men like, you know, let's, let's, let me get in, you know, a couple days a week. You know what I'm saying? Let me, let me get up in there. You know, let me connect with you. And some women like, some women like take me dancing or just spend some time with me. You know, just tell me you love me. And if we want that from a human being, how much more do we want from God? We want more, right? We want to hear, I love you. We want to hear that you're actually thinking about us. In heaven, when, when women abort babies, the one thing that babies constantly say in heaven is, will you tell my mom to name me? Because when you don't name the baby, the baby grows up in heaven without a name until you name it or till you get there to name it grows up without a name the baby is always wondering she never cared enough to name me is she thinking about me if the father didn't name it the mother didn't name it nobody gave the baby a name are they thinking about me but they often ask is the mom thinking about me 
God gave us a name, and he gave us the name, we are under Jesus. So we are Christians. God told my father to name me. And so when I learned that whomever God names, whomever you name, you are therefore responsible for. He gave us the name of Christian through salvation. He gave me my name. And so I feel as though he is responsible for me. He's responsible for my salvation. He's responsible for my worship, my joy, my happiness. You're like, God is responsible for your happiness? Yes. Because, and, and this is just me, and I'm not, maybe I'm sounding like a brat, but I'm not trying to be. Because I believe Jesus 100%. I believe the full word. I ain't even got to read the entire word. Jesus said it, it's enough for me. I kid you not. And so, but I'm reading it. And so, I believe that he can. Because he said, have faith. And, and be expected, the great expectations of the Lord. Have faith. In Mark eleven twenty two through 24, it talks about believing before you receive that you have that thing. You hear Pastor Copeland say, I have it. I take it. I believe it. It is mine. And so God is inspiring people to say these things, right? And I'm like, well, I'm inspired to tell you that I love you and that I, I want to hear you audibly tell me you love me. I don't want you to go tell somebody else to tell me. I want you to tell me. You want me to worship you with my voice. I want my father to talk to me. I want my bridegroom to talk to me. Because ladies and gentlemen, how many of you all want to hear? You don't want your husband's secretary or your wife's assistant or secretary to send you flowers you want your spouse to go pick out the flowers you want your spouse you don't want them their assistants to say oh baby i love you you're like what you want your spouse to say oh baby i love you you feel me so if you want that much from your earthly spouse how much more do you want from your heavenly father, your bridegroom? I want it all. If he wants worship from me, then I want love from him. I know that on my end, I'm reciprocating love to him. And I know that he loves me. But just because I know it, that don't mean that I don't want to hear it. I want to hear it. I need to hear it. We all need to hear it. We need to hear some of us go through a lifetime without ever hearing the voice of God. And he says that we can hear him. He says that we can communicate with him anytime we want. So I'm like, okay, let's do this thing. Don't tell me something and then it ain't going to happen. You feel me? And so this is my journey in that I'm on this journey of worshiping the Lord. And because I believe I wanted to bless God with a simultaneous worship. I believe that we can get a worldwide worship going on. Imagine, this is my imagination. Imagine the power and the strength and the gigantic kiss on the cheek it would be if the body of Christ would come together 
and worship God in one accord. It says so in the Bible that we would do it and that it is possible. Why not have it be possible here in the earth? Now, why wait till later? What are we doing? For Christmas, all we're doing is going shopping for other people. We buy stuff for our kids because, you know, it's cute. We like to see them open stuff. We want to show them that we can give them good gifts. For our spouses and our girlfriends and our boyfriends and our co-workers and our bosses and our families and yada, 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 strangers, people we don't know. We give all of them a gift. But how many of us remember to say, thank you, Jesus, Lord God, you're worthy. Thank him not for the gifts that you was able to buy with the money that the job that he gave you, but Lord, thank you for, for just being you and for giving me a desire to worship you. Thank you for providing for me. You bought the home, you bought the car, you bought the gifts, you made it possible Thank you for loving me enough, for thinking about me, for writing my book provisions that I actually attained. Thank you, Lord, for doing excellent. Lord, you thought about me. I want to show you that I'm thinking about you. Sometimes we forget to do that because we got the in-laws coming. We got the family coming, the kids and the baby this and the pictures and then this and then that and then this. And we got to go here and there and there. And we want to have this fun and our boys are coming, our girls are coming. And we're going to party, 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 party it up. But even a drunk or person that is having so much fun, they're not even drunk, but they're having so much fun. They feel like they're drunk. Everybody has the ability, sober or drunk, to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody has that ability. Thank you, Jesus. Imagine if we said that every day. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jehovah God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. God, you are worthy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. You are such an awesome God. All praise and honor and glory be to your name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Remember, Jesus loves you, beloved, and so do I. Give God some thanks and some worship. It is a kiss on the cheek. Kiss him and receive a kiss back from him. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. And you can check out the LUTG Radio Show podcast on Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, Anchor, Google Play Music Podcast, Spotify, TuneIn, YouTube, iTunes, of course, and RSS feed. Now, for iTunes, you can just go straight to iTunes and pull it to your directory. But if you could, let me know that you actually have it on your uh, podcast distribution. Again, this is Kathy Brocks for LUTG Radio. You can find all the shows on LUTGradio.com. Click on podcast. Thank you so much for listening and share the links share the links. The goal is to reach 5,000 downloads and 20,000 listeners. So let's get it. Let's make it. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. 
Check you out.